from the Lake Erie shores of Northeast Ohio. Cleveland! Cleveland is a city of champions once again. Rock and roll capital of the world and birthplace of the comic book superhero. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. This is the Panel Scanners Podcast since 2012. Man Can Fly. That soundbite is from the original theatrical trailer of Superman the Movie, 1979. That two minute and 40 second piece of film perhaps does the best job of encapsulating the tone of what Superman should feel like. In short, it says it all. Hello everyone and welcome to this special edition of the Panel Scanners Podcast along with Phil and Tim. My name is Darren and tonight we are devoting the entire episode to the last son of Krypton as we approach the most important milestone marker in comic book history, as later this month, DC will release Action Comics number 1000. Created just east of Cleveland, Ohio by Glenville High Schoolers, where we sit right now, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, Action Comics number 1 was cover dated June 1938, and since that time, Superman has been a fixture in popular culture and credited with jump-starting popular culture. That's not to say that pop culture began with Superman, but certainly he is its first megastar, its first sonic boom. Michael Shevsky of the Siegel and Schuster Society, when Phil and I interviewed him at the preview night for the Cleveland Public Library's Superman installation, had perhaps the best way of signifying the importance of Superman's first appearance when he said, and I paraphrase, whoever first took that dime and was the first to purchase a Superman comic, Action Comics number 1, set off a sonic boom that ignited pop culture and still exists today. For 999 additional issues of Action Comics, and presumably no end in sight, Superman stands as a monument for an enduring legacy of an original American art form, an indelible image akin to baseball, Uncle Sam, and apple pie, and one of the great all-time pieces of graphic art. But so often, Superman is dismissed as obsolete, too wholesome, even boring. A relic of a past, an ideal that no longer exists. I have heard so often that audiences have moved on from Superman. Superman belongs to a generation that stood for values and ideals far different from today. Audiences are no longer interested in Superman. This argument, for me, has never held truth. Here is some recent circumstantial proof. Smallville ran for ten seasons. Ten seasons. Superman Returns was the sixth highest grossing movie of 2006. Man of Steel was the fifth highest grossing movie of 2013. And by the way, um, both of those movies stunk. So imagine if they were any good, they probably would have been much higher. And here's something I found online that I found very interesting. Custom Inc., it's a popular online t-shirt retailer. You probably have t-shirts from them if you have a t-shirt. Produced a comprehensive list of the top 100 most iconic t-shirts of all time. The classic blue tee with the S shield came in at number five. Behind only the Rolling Stones lick, John Belushi's Animal House College tee, vote for Pedro from Napoleon <laughs> Dynamite, and John Lennon's I Love New York. This beats out all other rock tees, all beer and liquor, all sports and sociopolitical t-shirts. By the way, in case you're wrong, Batman was number six right behind him. Um, there are no less than six Superman-related television or film projects currently in some form of production and rumored more to come. But you will still hear how audiences want something more edgy. There is no need for Superman to be edgy. What's wrong with letting him stand for what he has always stood for? He can stand for hope. Now, I've always been on the fence, and Phil, I'd be interested to see what you, you, you think. Marvel Comics sort of have, uh, are always been seen a little bit more edgy. That's not to say that DC didn't have things like Green Arrow and obviously Batman, but Marvel Comics as a whole always seemed a little bit more edgy to me, and I never really understood why we needed to make Superman more edgy. Um, like I said, he can stand for hope. Superman is an ideal that may be unattainable, unattainable not in his fantastic otherworldly abilities, but in his unwavering faith in humanity, this is why he represents hope. In this age, 
Perhaps we need a little truth, justice, in the old-school American way. Maybe Superman's wholesome example can show us the way back home. Now, some other quick stats before we advance to the heart of this podcast. Uh, he is not necessarily the first costume crime fighter, although he is often credited as such. Um, through our uh, discussions on the podcast, I think we will probably are comfortable saying that that distinction probably belongs to Lee Falk's The Phantom. Yeah, it seems to. Um, who appeared in early 30s pulp magazines, or maybe Zorro? Um, Superman is the first comic book superhero. He is not the first to have a dual identity, but the first to emphasize the dual identity as perhaps the most important, the more important of the two. And now I'm speaking of Clark Kent. And there was one episode of Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, that I always felt put it best, where he said to Lois, Clark Kent is who I am. Superman is what I do. Eight actors have adapted James Bond, if you extend that a little bit. Eleven have adapted Superman, second only to Doctor Who, which of course heavily cribs Superman's origin. What are we at, 13 now in Doctor Who? With the uh, uh, Jodie yeah, Whittaker who's coming so. out? Yeah, it's been a while. I haven't fallen off my Doctor Who, so... Well, I think we all have. Yeah. <laughs> Superman and his surrounding mythology have been adapted for TV and film more times than any other single character, and as I stated before, with no less than six versions currently in some phase of production, as just mentioned, and that does not count uh, others like uh, Young Justice, in which he is not a focal point, but Superboy is, and he does appear. Um, he is at least, you know, a, a central character. Uh, and the other cool thing for us is that he is ours. We are in Northeast Ohio. He was created by two Clevelanders. We are Clevelanders. Um, I've always been, you know, a little bit of an advocate of why we as Northeast Ohio don't shout that from the rooftops. It does appear as though that finally is happening. Um, and he's been my favorite character since, gosh, I don't know when. I would have to probably say the, the Superman the movie, which you might assume we're going to be talking a little bit about as this podcast rolls forward. But I am interested in, uh, in hearing what your relationship with is as Superman. Uh, go, Phil, let's go ahead and start with you. I mean, I had much more of a relationship with Superman when I was younger, uh, more so than now. I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious if you listen to the podcast. I'm kind of removed from D.C. But when I was a kid... Man, like my spattering of comic books because I was a weak collector. If anything, when I was when I was young, I'd get my hands on whatever I could, you know. So I'd have random issues of Superman that I got from the quarter bin or uh, something like that. But I remember pretty clearly um, as a kid, and I'm going to probably circle back to this at some point, watching the old 1940s Superman cartoon. Um, the Fleischer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, when uh, when I was in the living room with my my dad and my brother. And I, I remember being excited for that, and I think that's kind of that cartoon more so than even comic books is what brought me to get into and enjoy this this idea of superheroes, and it, it it excited me. And I mean, at that point, you know, I was very much like, oh, so proud American. Superman is the big like American hero. He's the world's hero. He he's so patriotic and cool and. And it just, I, I don't know, it, it's something that resonated with me. And the idea of being strong and protecting people and um, being a, just doing no wrong and, and doing what's best for everybody. And, and that's what Superman kind of uh, showed me and, and, and taught me, I think, when I was young. And I think that's why I leaned into it so much when I, I did start reading and trying to collect. Uh, I recently went through one of my old boxes of comics, actually preparing for this and trying to organize a little bit because I fell behind on organizing my current comics. And I went into my old box, which is just haphazardly put together. Stuff isn't even, like, boarded and bagged. And I, I found this giant stack of, like, 90 Superman comics that I didn't even remember that I had that were all during that time frame of, like, the death of Superman. And I do remember very clearly that being the first comic that I was trying to find everything that went with. Um, and Superman just, I think, I, I think really helped formulate the love that I have for, for the singular superhero um, versus like a team superhero, which was the X-Men. But, but Superman just, I, I don't know, it just, it did something. It interested me. The, the alien wanting to do right instead of the alien trying to kill everybody, you know? It, it's cool. I think it's not, you know, um, a lot, maybe perhaps a lot of people have a similar 
intro to comics like Superman is the first because you know he's all over TV mm-hmm. he's all over the movies and then I think maybe like Star Trek was for me Star Trek was my first and then I'm like okay this is cool but Star Wars and it comes along you're like that's for me so maybe Superman's like the intro and then they go and mm-hmm. find something like you Tim is that sort of how you found it honestly I have no memory of not knowing Superman I mean he was just always there and probably for me, probably the earliest was the Super Friends. Was yeah. uh, wow. what? And I remember the you know seeing the Fleischman cartoons. Oh my gosh, those are still gorgeous. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, like, but I, you know, like I said, Super Friends was probably my big intro to him. He was the leader of the Super Friends, and this guy was, you know, he uh, was tough. He had uh, good morals. Um, Cool costume. I mean, who? I mean, come on. The That's co- the classic red costume, and blue. Right. I mean, it it looks great. Um, but what really grabbed me was, I mean, come on, Superman the movie. Yeah, um, we're gonna what, talk a lot about. What, that. Yeah, I didn't want to talk about it yet. Yeah well, yeah. well, for me, that was that was what really got. When did it come out? Seventy six. Seventy nine. Seventy nine. Was it seventy nine? Christmas seventy nine. Um, so I was nine years old. Oh, when that came right out. Right at the perfect time. And boy, we were ready to buy into that. It <laughs> was, I remember um, having a Superman birthday party that year. Um, it was still in the theaters. Uh, I had already seen it. And I didn't have a lot of birthday parties with friends when I was a kid. In fact, that might have been the only one now that I think about it. And it was Superman themed. My mom made. The cake that looked just like Superman, you know. Oh, that's great! And we took everyone to see Superman the movie, and ah, that incredible memory. It's one of those things. Now, I think as adults, we're always wondering if did they get this right? Will they get this movie right? And I think if you're an adult walking in, and the first thing you hear is da 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 da, right away, like they got it. (laughs) (laughs) The John Williams score. Well, we're gonna talk. About right. that, yeah. I think. It. But first, as we like to do in these specials, we kind of need to figure out what hasn't worked so far. And uh, I'll start off with least favorite Superman moment with my two honor- uh, dishonorable mentions and then my least favorite. I'm pretty sure you guys probably know what my least favorite is. But um, in a bit of an ambiguous dishonorable mention, and I've griped about this many, many times in the podcast when it comes to Superman translations... Anytime someone approaches a Superman project, be it TV, comics, film, video games, and states that they are trying to figure out what Superman means to a modern audience. That is my dishonorable mention, number one. It means the same thing he's always meant. (laughs) The mullet! (laughs) I forgot about the The mullet. The mullet. Superman with a hockey cape. Now, I'm a hockey fan, but I never had a mullet. What is he, joining the Vancouver Canucks all of a sudden? He's... Superman. He was... May as well be a maple leaf on his chest. Enough said. Now, my number one is no surprise. It is Superman kills Zod in the Man of Steel. The whole movie, <laughs> Man of Steel, was ignorance in action. The moment we saw that, the DCU was in trouble. We should have known right away. Like, uh-oh. They just had Superman kill someone. This is the launch of the DCEU. We've got problems here. No explanation on why the narrative needed Superman to kill makes any sense. Superman needed to know not to kill. You know what? I haven't killed anyone, and I know not to kill. It's like, I also know not to touch a hot stove. Hmm. That'll burn me, okay? This is a moment that branded their Superman a killer, and I suspect it is one of the reasons audiences have begun to reject the DCEU. A recent report suggests that Justice League uh, is a financial failure, and that, that's what we're hearing out of it. That, coupled with the poor acting performances and incoherent storytelling, probably don't help, with apologies, of course, to Wonder Woman, the one shining star in this whole <laughs> affair, which still, if you think about everything that's going on, you're like, how? How did that happen? But thank God it did. Um, I don't really feel the need to go on any further. We have spoken about this, mm-hmm. and I unfortunately, this is, we're going we're gonna to cycle back around to um, Man of Steel in here in a second, but Phil, what do you got? Uh, okay, so I actually, uh, I actually have 
three dishonorable mentions before even Please my uh, my worst because that was your worst, right? The, yeah, least uh, favorite moment. Yeah. So my my three. The first I just I'm just gonna say is Superman sixty four. Oh, the N64 game. I, oh, I oh my God. I don't that to say much awful. more than that. Um, no, okay. that was... So, so moving on to things that are a little more... Uh, Wait, can we just dwell on it for one second? I dwelled do on you, it plenty. Do you remember the, the trailer for that showed Superman catching helicopters that were falling from the... The trailer yeah. that you're like... Yeah. Oh it's my be God, great. this is going to be the greatest game of all and time. And then you poorly <laughs> flew through rings. Oh my God. It was terrible. Yes. Continue. All right, so that was my that was my uh, my secret added dishonorable because That's, I thought no, everybody would forget about that it. Up. Um, this is an important thing. It to is. Re- to re- it's like it's like if we do not remember history, <laughs> we are doomed to repeat it. I know. All right, so uh, my first actual dishonorable mention were the multiple Superman, the Who is Superman after the death of Superman. Yes. Um, it was just kind of a cluster, and like I said, I was going through my old box of comics, and I ran across of those, and <laughs> there was one that was actually like ripped. I think it just got mad at some point. It <laughs> You know, um, we spoke about well that done, in sir. last month's podcast, <laughs> yeah. where they were like, which one of these is Superman? Well, you already knew Steel was John Henry Irons, yeah. and you already knew Superboy was one of them, so you're like, well, you want us to believe one of these four, and immediately you're, mm-hmm. immediately you're eliminating two of them. Yes, exactly. It was dumb. Uh, so that was first. Second is the red and blue Superman, the balance. Uh, it was just dumb. Like, was... And they were like, this is the new thing, and it lasted, what, like a year? The re- I don't think I... I don't, I don't think I know Do that. you know what that was in response to? No, I do not. That was in response to the cool, super cool Spider-Man costume, where they're like, because that oh. was awesome. Like, we need to create a new Superman costume. When you saw that, you're like, hmm. But there's two of them. Like, okay. What, he just got a new costume? Is that no, what it was? Well, he was energy. There was two of them. Oh! He was energy. I thought he was white and blue And one was white and blue, and then it was red and blue. Yeah, and it, oh, yeah one was with Lois Lane, the other was with Lana Lane. It was just dumb. Yes. All right, and lastly, uh, I'm also going with a movie, The Martha Moment, with um, Batman and Superman. <laughs> Martha, my mom's Martha, my mom's Martha, I love you. Um, it was Did dumb. we just become best friends? No, let's high five, bros, bros, and then he dies. Um, so, <laughs> it was just bad, man. One of my favorite memes recently. And I still haven't seen Justice League and do not. No, me either. To. Although Tim no, has a good he, idea for a podcast. Yeah, he does. Uh-oh. Where we're gonna watch it and then respond to it afterwards. Ooh, so you do a podcast. We'll watch it and do a podcast right after for oh, reactions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, the meme was like uh, Aquaman joining the Justice League, mm-hmm. and he's being interviewed by Batman, and he goes, "What's your mom's name?" Aqua Martha. Welcome to the Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was my least favorite moment for sure. It just. I, I, for me, it just kind of broke the whole Superman thing. Like, I, I don't know. I just, mm, mm. Well, Tim, I'm definitely <laughs> interested in what you've got. <laughs> um, my number three is the Super Kiss from Superman 2, where, uh, you know, this whole movie happens, and Lois Lane is all broken up and can't live with Clark and, Sue, you know, the dual identity thing. And what's he do? He just kisses her and she forgets everything problem solved can i ask you a question about this yeah are we going to cycle back to this at all um because okay so that's the original superman 2 right yes didn't that get cut out of the richard donner cut yes okay yeah have you ever seen the other superman no no i haven't we're gonna get to that this is great keep going sorry tim no you guys can interrupt at any time i encourage it actually but the the thing is this thing was so bad that they actually i love robot chicken made a sketch about this have you guys ever seen it i'll have we'll have to bring it up uh when we get a chance it's a whole uh skit of superman making people forget things he does (laughs) stuff and he kisses them immediately to make them forget hysterical my number two which uh, kind of goes hand-in-hand with this, even though it is the Donner Cut, and it happened in the first Superman movie, I don't like Superman flying around the world backwards. Yeah, why? I, be, I, it's, to Science. me, it's, it's a cop-out. Yes. It, it, that's what, it, that bothered me when I was nine. It, when, it, the, I love Superman the movie to death, but that, I was just like, really, that's it? That's it, very much, it's 1979, right? And why wouldn't he always do that then? Right, exactly, well, exactly, and, that, and that's what bothers. Eventually, we're spitting this sucker <laughs> off its axis. <laughs> yeah, right. And my number one, guess what? Same as yours, Darren. Uh, Superman kills uh, Man of Steel. I mean, it it just right there. That's not the Superman I know, but it. Uh, the funny thing is, I looked back and I was seeing clips. 
Superman 2. He kills Zod in Superman 2. He kills all all three of them. That's in debatable, Superman 2. though. That's what it's they've not, always said. It, well, people are saying, well, there was a deleted scene. I'm like, well, guess what? That scene never made the movie. In the Donner cut, it's in there, though. Uh, some Remember? Pe- I don't, and yeah. some people said... I was watching some videos on YouTube, and they said it's not in there. Hmm. Some Someone was... Uh, there is uh there there okay so of the two if if you want to have a debate we can but of the two he he on the man of steel he takes zod's neck and snaps it on screen I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go heavy into that because right. i agree with you it's it's, it's totally it's kind of different and i mean superheroes have been killing people in movies for years yeah that's true sad to say i never saw man of steel so you're you never saw man of steel darren talked me out of it. i did talk him out of it wow that's that's it's funny i love henry cavill as superman i think we're gonna get to him yeah i I don't i don't mind him at all you know here's the thing that scripts though man i like parts of that movie all right i we're gonna get to that in a few minutes (laughs) well we can probably get to it now but here's the problem really if I'm willing to accept other versions of Superman, but the problem I had is they keep saying, well, that was the moment that changed Superman. In the very next scene, he's downing army army satellites and cracking jokes about it. (laughs) All right, and then the other stupid thing goes, oh, I'm from Kansas. Like, oh... He's from Kansas. Yeah, thanks Boy, for, they, thanks they, for that they, little tip there, buddy. That narrowed things down. Thanks a for ton. helping us. Uh, that, that you know, he just basically gives away who he is. But it's like he kills Zod, and the next scene he's cracking jokes. That Superman learned nothing. I, I, I am with you. I'm going to speak a little bit about uh, this in a moment. Okay, so we can scrub our brains for a second here, sure. or maybe let's just get a Superman kiss going so we can forget about that whole segment. <laughs> And now we get to talk about, and these are always really, really, really fun, and I think part of the reason they're fun is because of the juxtaposition, and any one of our heroes is going to have some sort of translation where it sucks, and we know it sucks. But now we get to talk about our favorite Superman moment, and Tim, you're batting leadoff, so go ahead. All right, so we, I'm doing all three? Is yeah, how we're yeah let's do it. Okay, coming in at my number three, I kind of did two. Um, they're from Superman when he was in the Justice League animated series. There were two episodes, one called uh, Hereafter, where he gets transported to the future. He gets stripped uh, um, because of the sun has died out, I guess. He doesn't have his powers anymore, and he has to survive. And he did, it was so, it, w- it was great because it showed what Superman is without his powers he's still superman that was the beauty of that episode it's like finally he doesn't need his powers to show that he's superman and the the second episode in there that i like was for the man who has everything um it mongol captures superman he puts some sort of thing on him that makes him think he's like krypton's never been destroyed he's there he's got a wife he's got a kid and everything and he's living this life, and he's happy as can be. And then at the end, he kind of realizes that it's not real. And he has to make a choice. And he chooses to break out of there. And it is heartbreaking because it just he was given essentially everything he ever wanted, but he knew it wasn't right. And he, you know, that weight that he had to carry, that, that was really cool. Coming in at my number two comes from Superman the movie. Boy... This and it's not he's not even Superman yet, and it's you are here for a reason. He's there, you know, with his um, pa Jonathan Kent and his and you know he goes. And I know it's not to score touchdowns. They're having this great heartwarming moment, and then he has a heart attack and dies. And then the next scene is at the funeral, and I I watch and I still tear up. And it says when he says all those things I can do all those powers and i couldn't even save him i mean that even at nine i i felt the gravity of that and it is oh so emotional but (laughs) number one i i don't it's not even up for debate it's don't worry miss i've got you this is this is the superman moment of all moments for me from the first Superman the movie. I have been watching, gosh, what it's, what, 39 years, I guess? 40 years. 40 years. Coming up. Um, I, that, to me, is the best 
superhero scene in a movie ever. I get chills I every single time I watch it. There it's it's beautiful, it's perfect. It's got humor. It's got a little it's got action. It's a the the music everything I mean just you know him just looking down at the the half phone booth that's not there and you know when he comes out of the door you know the guy hey Jim that's a bad outfit and he just turns excuse me and flying I mean you know easy miss I've got you who's got me who's got you I mean uh, like I said best superhero um, movie moment ever. Well, I'm glad that you guys cheated and we have like four in your in your three because I did the same thing with this one. And my honorable mention in my honorable mention is the Superman theme that John Williams created. Yeah. Perhaps his greatest achievement because with Star Wars and Indiana Jones, he could have created anything that would fit. But he had to take something and fit with Superman. And it it's that almost is as, identical, as identifiable with Superman as anything. It should be... And I did think you remember you were saying that whoever is supposedly in charge of the next Man of Steel or wants to be says they never should have jettisoned that theme to right. begin with. It needs to be. I mean, by the way, Krypton, they didn't wait. They just said, "Okay, we all know you're waiting for this, so here it is." They, did they do it? They, they did it. Wow, that was really good. That was really tastefully done too. And say what you want about Superman Returns, they used the theme. They knew that's one of the best parts. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's my honorable mention. My honorable mention. Now you're, you might be surprised about this, Tim, because okay. coming in at my other honorable mention is the helicopter scene. Okay. And I agree with everything you said. Um, and when he's there's something that I want to point out, and the next time you see it, give it a look. When Margot Kidder's Lois Lane says, you've got me, who's got you? He kind of looks back at her real quickly. It almost is like, oh, that's funny. And it right. keeps on going about his way. You couldn't introduce a superhero any better than this. Even Batman descending from the shadows. No. It's not, I mean, it's nothing, not as effective. To me, nothing could touch that. Scene. And then in the end, when he just lands up there, gentlemen, this man is in need of immediate medical attention. Yep. And they're like, oh, sure. Because they're, they're like, what is this? And then he just looks at her and goes, well, Miss Lane, I certainly hope that this little incident hasn't put you off flying. Statistically speaking, it is the safest way to travel. And as he's flying away, who are you? A friend. That's it. It's, it's, you're right. Yeah, I'm getting chills just talking about it. I, I am too listening. He's commanding and endearing at the same time. Yeah. It's, how do you do that? It's, uh, it's I incredible. Don't know. Um, my number two, and I'm surprised, I wonder if you will remember this. I think you will. It's from Super Anime, Superman the Animated Series, The Late Mr. Kent. Okay. I almost put this as my number one, and it's, he's Superman. Have you seen this, Bill? No. The reason I didn't put this at number one is because I do not want to spoil it. This episode of Superman the Animated Series stands right alongside the best of Batman, simply for its ending alone. When you realize yeah. what's going on... And the line, he's Superman, you're like, oh my gosh, you have to check this out. Superman the Animated Series, the late Mr. Kent. Yeah, that's okay. fantastic. Outstanding. Now, my number one is something I've spoken on the podcast about before, so I will be as brief as I possibly can, given my love for this moment. It is actually from Superman 2, the Richard Donner cut, something you and I saw together, Tim, when Superman's powers are restored in Superman 2, the Richard Donner cut. Um, in the times I've spoken about it, I posited that it is perhaps the most emotional scene in all of comic book movies. It's hard to qualify just how much better Superman 2 is from this scene alone when they remade it for in 2006. The payoff for this scene makes you leap out of your chair and root for Superman. You want him to give Zod, Ursa, and Nag a critical beatdown. That sequence... That audience was were never supposed to have seen best exemplifies what Superman is all about. His has always been an emotional journey. In spite of collecting family, friends, and even lovers along the way, his is the most lonely of journeys. But perhaps, as I previously listed, Superman is a friend. He is there to help and you root for him. In the original Superman 2, he goes back to the forces of solitude and he finds a green crystal. He's Superman again. And Superman to the Richard Donner cut, he has an entire conversation with Jor-El. And Jor-El basically scolding his son. I told you this would happen and you didn't listen to me. 
And Christopher Reeve's performance in that moment where he's looking like his son who's being scolded by his dad. And, he, and then when Jor-El says, look at me, Kal-El, look at me. And he looks up and there's tears streaming down my face. And he basically says, I'm sorry this happened to you. If only I could be there now, I could hold you in my arms. And he goes to embrace the Phantom Jor-El. And that's how he gets his powers back. The next time you see him, he flies up to the window in the Daily Planet. General Zod, care to step outside? You're like... You want to just leap out of your chair like, kick his ass. You are so in his corner at that moment. It's, it's, it's fantastic. I, I, the, it's hard to quantify or qualify how much better Superman 2, the Richard Donner cut is than Superman 2's original theatrical release. Phil, what do you got? All right. Uh, so my first honorable mention is just something that resonates with me from my childhood, and that is the death of Superman on the actual comic book page. Um, I think it's just one of those things that I will always remember that image of um, him laying bloodied, it just, something about it just always, always sticks with me. And it's almost like that feel of like hopelessness because of like the good that is broken. Um, I don't know. I just think it kind of exemplified Superman Wait a to minute. me when you, I was young. One of your favorite moments is when Superman died? Yup. <laughs> <laughs> Get out. Um, <laughs> my, my second honorable mention is actually Christopher Reed as a whole um, in Superman uh, the, the motion picture, the first film, um, I just, the first time he took off from the ground and flew, him catching Lois, just the whole movie as a, as a whole, it, it's just one of those things that it's hard to really break it down into individual parts to say what was the best about it because the movie itself just completely, like, tied together is just, it's just a fantastic film. Um, my favorite moment, which I'm surprised didn't fall into your uh, list, Darren, is something that you turned me on to about a year and a half ago um, when you had me read uh, Superman for All Seasons. That moment after he had basically saved everybody mm -hmm. and he's alone in his bedroom in the empty apartment and no one is with him. And it just exemplifies what being a hero and what being Superman really is. And you truly feel for the Clark Kent character because Superman gets all of this praise and the reality is he's just alone. And there's just something so powerful about that and it was just, it, again, it was one of those things that really made me go, okay, maybe I should give Superman another shot. And, and that was it right there. Um, and I think that's why it has to be my favorite moment. Um, and again, I think these are, all these things are things that can be shifted depending on the day and what else oh, has been yeah. like added or reminded of but uh for the moment i think that's what that sticks for me well and that's pretty that's, deep if you think about it, it is. people yeah. talking about you know bringing them to a modern era there's that's something that's already there that mm -hmm. you could yeah. that you could play upon without having to get rid of him being wholesome and good that's why i never really understood what does he mean to a modern audience what is it what do you want him to do do you want him to wear black like he was apparently he was going to do in Justice League and start cussing and killing people? Is that what you're going to do to it? Then you then no, go make something else. Don't make that Superman. Let you know it's funny. People seem to be willing to accept Superman as is just fine, as I pointed out. Yeah, these are some uh, awesome Superman moments. And you know, as I stated earlier in the podcast, Superman has been adapted for screen more than any other character, and there have been some. Let's call them missteps along the way. So, Phil, why don't you go ahead and uh, give us your selections for least favorite Superman screen adaptation. You know, I only have one dishonorable mention because I was kind of, I was doing research for this, and I realized that I haven't seen a lot of the Superman stuff that is out there. Right. Um, like I said, I didn't see uh, Man of Steel. I didn't see, I haven't seen a lot of the new stuff at all because it, let's be let's be frank it has been great so i've just kind of stayed away That's from true. it because we're being as we've said many times on this podcast kind of flooded with with comic book stuff and you kind of pick and choose what you want to see and when i'm being told that things are bad i'm going to ignore them so my dishonorable mention is superman returns because that's when i was still in my kind of superman mode and I was like, yeah, Superman movie. <gasps> this thing's bad. Um, and I, I, I don't think I need to say much else on it, really. It just, the whole thing was just flat. I, yeah, I, it's, it, really it, was like, it was like a fan film. Yeah, it really yeah. Was. It, I mean, it just, all the promise leading up to it, this yeah. is the new Superman 3. Like, great. 
Yeah. The guy even looks like Christopher Reeve a little bit. He's kind of fine. Yeah, uh-huh. And then the theme's back. Casting and was fine. Then weird stalking of apartments. Yeah, and it just, it was just a flat film. Like, Empty Promises, they kept showing those teaser scenes of Krypton, which were never in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Best part of that movie was the uh, jumbo jet scene. Yeah. That, you know, other than that, I, cool. I can watch that scene, cool scene, other yeah. than that. I'm, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was my dishonorable mention. Uh, my least favorite film adaptation should not be a surprise to anybody, and that is Batman vs Superman. Um, just I, you know, Batman didn't kill him. I understand. Oh, I should have just killed him. Um, <laughs> then I would have had two favorite moments with Superman. I know. Um, I just that whole, I, the words are just not there for how much I wanted to like it, and how much I wanted to like. Superman in that film because like we said before the guy playing him fits the part very well and I think there were moments in there where I was like I can see him as as Superman um but it's not his fault it's not his fault it's not and it's just the script was so weak and the whole like I said the whole Martha thing and and I honestly I hated the fact and again Tim stop saying it's because Superman died I hated the fact that he died in the movie and then, if you sat through the credits, trying to do, like, a Marvel Cinematic Universe thing at the end, you see the rocks lifting up off of the casket. Come on, man. Okay, let him at least be dead through the credits. Like, yeah, that, right? that's it. <laughs> let uh, him be dead until the next movie. And, the, and, the, and to add insult to injury <laughs> on that, all the promos for the Justice League yeah. movie had no Superman in them. There's there's no Superman in the posters. There's no... And everyone knew he wasn't dead because you did the rock thing. Did you see the... Else? Did you see the fan one that it was just, uh... It was just a casket and it said <laughs> Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing about it was Suicide Squad's whole plot was they were creating a team that could take out Superman. And like, by the way, you know, at this point in your story, Superman is dead, yeah, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. that is definitely my least favorite uh, one, oh, man. Boy. Tim? I get it. <laughs> um, for me, uh, my first uh, dishonorable mention is The Adventures of Superman from 1952. Now, by the time um, I was a kid, it was in reruns all the time. Most of them, do you know the one I'm talking oh, about with uh, George, George Reeves? Reeves. Yeah. Um, it was on, and I watched it. Most of them that I saw were in black and white. There was, he just, there were even as a kid I was watching, and that was probably honestly what made me kind of lukewarm towards Superman. I'm just like he just doesn't really look that super to me. Well, he didn't have the greatest physique. No, to he be just Superman. well, neither did Adam West as Batman, but he pulled it off. Yeah, but <laughs> he didn't have to wrap no, up Adam West to contain things. Right, but there was just something there that was it was just kind of blah. For me, and, it, and I watched it because when you're a kid back then, you didn't have many choices mm-hmm. of things to watch. It was on, so I watched it. So, it, like mm-hmm. I said, it just didn't do much for me. Um, There's also such, something icky about the show, considering all that went down with George Reeves. It's funny, you know, a lot of not a lot of people point out that Ben Affleck played George Reeves as Superman yeah. in the it was I think it's called Hollywood Land. Yep. It was a pretty good movie about the story of the death of George Reeves. He was murdered. So even when you watch that now, you're, you kind of have that in the back of your head, like, oh, man, this just went really poorly yeah. this guy. And uh, my number two is Superman for the Quest for Peace. Oh, it, boy. Yeah, we're not done talking about this. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, actually, I can't talk too much about it. I saw it once, and I was like, yeah, I'm out. So I don't have a huge memory of it. I saw. I remember bits and pieces, you know, sometimes sometimes they'll throw it on TV. I don't know why. And I'll watch for right. a couple minutes because it's a train wreck and I can't look away. I kill, I can't look away. And it is, it's dreadful. Um, <laughs> were you going to say something about that? Or? Uh, no, I, I, I am. Okay, uh, all right. I, yeah, I'll it's leave. coming, don't all worry. Right, all right. <laughs> all right, my number one is um, Man of Steel. Um, and it's weird because, like I said, I like I like Henry Cavill as Superman. I mm-hmm. really do. I th- really think they nailed the casting. It's not his fault. Um, there are moments in that movie that I like. I like with his character, and I like how they're building. But where they really stumbled for me was, and they're they're huge stumbles. Obviously, we talked about right. the any yeah, um, um, breaking Zod's neck. 
The other one is the collateral damage um, in Metropolis. <sighs> is he just wouldn't? No, it just wouldn't be. And um, the other one is Jonathan Kent. You know how what in this movie, like who was in Why? the? It was supposed to be the moral compass. The Kents are jerks. <laughs> Martha, I think Martha's okay. No, in those she even movies. says you don't know this world anything, Clark. You want to save him, save him. If Wait, not, Martha? don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, Batman and Superman's name, mother's names, both Martha. Oh wow, <laughs> that was a big day in the writers' room Shocker. when they were developing that film. But I mean, there's like I said, I <clears throat> I love the scene when he was little and you know the school bus goes over and he saves everyone. You know the school bus goes in the water and he comes out and I'm just like, oh that's. That's great. I mean, I loved when Zod went, they went and found out where he lived. They went after his mother, and he came in, and he goes, and he starts pummeling Zod. You think you can, you know, come in and, you know. There are some good moments. And that little fight in Smallville, that was a good fight, you know. And, like I said, there were good moments, but, like I said, I can't overlook the, I mean, the the things that they changed are the core values that I love about Superman, so. That. You know, one uh, of the things that's often overlooked about how they know, you know they don't understand Superman in this universe is where Superman's whole point is, I am not a god, I am a man just like you, and happens to have these incredible abilities. And what does he tell Batman when he meets him? Your career is over, consider this mercy. Oh, so now you are yeah. a god, and you're granting mercy to Batman. <laughs> that's a great point. Yeah, if I wanted you dead, or, I, you know, you'd be already, or something like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, well, this is a lot of fun. Let's hear it. <laughs> um, now, not surprisingly, my one of my dishonorable mention is Batman vs. Superman, The Dawn of Martha. Um, <laughs> even the worst of the original Superman movies with Christopher Reeve still had Christopher Reeve, who managed to retain his charm, even in Superman 4. This abomination was as far removed of what Superman, and by extension Batman, meant to me as a child as it possibly could be. Man of Steel, a complete misunderstanding of Superman's mythology, replays have been circling television for a while now, and I do see hope for Henry Cavill Superman. But that's at this point, isn't that like looking for hope in the Cleveland Browns organization? <laughs> I think Henry Cavill's going to end up being the Pierce Brosnan of Superman actors, where Pierce Brosnan, outstanding James Bond, with one bright spot, his movies were unwatchable yeah and it's too bad um now this is a bit of a reach and uh, so bear with me on this my least favorite superman moment are the deleted scenes from superman 4 specifically superman versus nuclear man 1 you mean there were scenes so bad they didn't make the movie <laughs> yes and you you may actually remember this uh as bad as this movie was and it was bad enough to halt any more superman films beyond superman 4 but from what we understand Reeve wasn't going to return anyway. It could have been a, a lot worse. Though, you can hate on me for all you want for me saying this. I kind of want to categorize Superman 4 as a noble failure. The movie is bad. No debate, but its heart's in the right place. It was at the height of the Cold War, and the threat of nuclear conflict seemed closer with each passing day. It was the perfect time for escapist fair, and who better to rid the world of nuclear threat than Superman? After all, there seemed to be no present need to make him edgy, and we were all still happy to let Superman be Superman. Christopher Reeve's Superman in this movie is predictably wonderful and charming, but the film relies heavily on recycled elements. Chief among its problems, instead of using great Superman villains like Metallo and Bizarro, which sure seemed like they were about to do, given that they created super this character out of Superman's DNA, which was about to become Bizarro, we got Nuclear Man, who was created for the film, but watching the deleted scenes for the movie, we realized that Lex Luthor, the Lex Luthor creation we saw on film was intended to have been the second attempt at building a being capable of destroying Superman. The first attempt, Nuclear Man 1, whom I can only describe as a cross between Ziggy Stardust and the janitor from Scrubs, originally engaged Superman in a back alley fight. After many attempts, I find myself unable or perhaps unwilling to find a way to write about this scene. Uh, the best way I can encapsulate it, and I'm surprised you don't remember this, is when I showed this scene to you, Tim, 
uh, we were hanging out, and I said, you got to see this. This is a deleted scene from Superman 4, and it was this goofy, robotic nuclear man that was fighting Christopher Reeve, and he was, you know, trying to pick up a girl in the back alley. Um, and I can recall with vivid clarity the look on your face, the long pause after that you simply said in disbelief, I was not prepared for that. <laughs> um, look it up for yourself on YouTube, or better yet, don't. I remember watching that scene for the first time, like, oh my god, I have to show this to Tim. Um, now I have to see it again. Well, <laughs> go check it out. New Superman vs. Nuclear Man 1, and you're going to go, oh my god. Superman 4 it is could have been infinitely worse than it was. There's also a really great documentary called Canon Films. I think it's called Electric Boogaloo. Canon Films was an 80s slop house, and they somehow got the rights to Superman 4. If you ever get it, like in the, 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 the commentary for Superman's three and four, they talk about what the plans were. Supergirl was going to come in. Brainiac was going to come in. I heard there was supposed to be three. Three and four. Okay. And then they we ended up with what we got. Well, it's that time. Favorite Superman screen adaptation, and I'm going to go ahead and take the lead on this if you guys don't mind. Not at all. I gave this a lot of thought, and I have to go with an honorable mention, Smallville. 2001 to 2011 overcame the sheer curious borderline ridiculousness of the initial concept to become the first great long-running superhero show to be taken seriously it it's hard it's easy to forget at times it was truly brilliant for for what it was it deserves partial credit i think for helping spark superhero tv and film um it ran for 10 years people 10 years the fleischer superman cartoons 1941 to 1943, simply a time capsule to an age when craft came first, among the finest earlier animation rivaling Disney. Um, and my number one is no surprise, and uh, given that they are supposed to have been the same continuing story, I'm going with Superman the movie, Superman 2 the Richard Donner cut, and the special features on the, on the, on the DVD, two, 1978 and 2006. While this was not the first superhero to make the leap from page to screen, Superman the movie is the first that feels authentic, the first to take it seriously, the first to understand how to build upon and adapt, at that time, what was 40 years of mythology. Director Richard Donner perfected the model that is still used today. Find the lead actor, build everything around that person. Perhaps still the most faithful on translations for a comic book superhero as Superman the movie feels indistinguishable from classic Superman stories. Christopher Reeve is still the gold standard for anyone who takes up the mantle of a superhero to be placed on film. He is the first to get the hero's struggle with duality right. Secret dual identities can be among the toughest pills comic books ask us to swallow in order to accept their outrageous concepts. Chief among the most derided is how Superman manages to keep his dual identity secret using only a pair of eyeglasses, right? <laughs> Come on, let's be honest. But Christopher Reeves sells it so well using not much more than posture and voice pitch that you no longer need to suspend disbelief. It is so easy to see why he would be completely overlooked and manage to go undetected. You know, credit also goes to Margot Kidder who plays Lois Lane. Watch the scenes with Lois and Clark. She's never paying attention to him, barely registering that he is speaking and almost never looking at him. No budget's worth of CGI has been able to quite get it that right since. There's no need for me to go too far into these films, as I've done so in previous years in this podcast. However, I do want to make special mention, and you'll agree with me on this, Tim, of the special features, specifically the making of documentary for that first film. It is one of the most comprehensive and eye-opening docs about filmmaking in the 1970s and how incredibly unlikely it was that we got the movie we did yeah. quickly. Producers Ilya and Alexander Salkine wanted a film more akin to Adam West's Batman. They had many moments in the script in which Superman interacts with music, TV, and film stars in the 1970s. For example, in one scene, Superman was to help Telly Savalas' Kojak catch a criminal. Got him, baby. <laughs> she was a hooker! <laughs> Director Richard Donner ditched the Salkine script for his own and started filming his movie almost guerrilla style, sending scenes from the Salkine's script to the offices to appease the producers, then shooting his own movie. There are a number of other wonderful stories in the doc, including the mustache war between Donner and Lex Luthor actor Gene Hackman, now making it only the second most infamous mustache in Superman lore. Um, 
The resurrection of Donner's original version for Superman 2 replaces most of the poorly conceived elements of the theatrical release of Superman 2 in 1980. Gone are the Niagara Falls scenes. Planet Houston, the fight between Superman, Zodorus, and Nagra moves all the sight gags and actually feels important. Superman no longer suddenly manifests all these new abilities in the Fortress of Solitude climax. The performances are more in line with the original film. The aforementioned scene where Superman has his ability restored added weight and depth to character. The end result is the true sequel to Superman 2. The Richard Donner cut is among the most exciting superhero movies and stands right alongside Superman the movie. These are wonderful films managed to stand alongside the best of any superhero films since representing the best of what the genre could be about. Um... Phil, what do you got? Well, mine's going to be easy. Uh, so, <laughs> my first honorable mention is Smallville, just like Darren said. Uh, very similar reasons. I mean, it was long-running. Um, there were lots of very cool things, and it was the first time we really got like a long-form like superhero show uh, during my generation. When, like, did that, when did that show pick up? Like, 2001 I, like, to 2011. No, like, when did it get... Because I, okay. I watched a few seasons, and I, I bailed on it. It, it started out uh, Creature of the Week for mm -hmm. season one, yeah. and then like season two was when they really got into Lex, and they and then season and then they realized okay now let's really get into Clark, mm -hmm. and I'd say season two was when it really started to show what it was. Yeah, I think I stopped watching around like season four or five. Like I didn't get through the whole thing, um, but I remember it fondly um, when when it first launched. Um, my second honorable mention is the Fleischer cartoons, just like Darren said. Uh, I mentioned them already in the podcast um, as something that I have very fond memories of as a child. Um, seeing them on the television. I still have VHSs of them. Yeah, me too. I don't have a VCR. Me either. So I think it's just, uh, it says something about them. I have two, two tapes. One is blue and one is yellow. <laughs> Um, I couldn't That's even tell cool. you. I couldn't even tell you what episodes are on them. I mean, they've just sat there for. I have a DVD of all of them. Yeah, well, lucky you. I do not. And my number one is Christopher Reeves as Superman in the motion picture. I didn't go through the whole run um, because I I was thinking about it, and the only Superman film that I've watched from that time frame in the past five years, five to ten years even, is just the original, the motion picture. Um, I haven't rewatched Superman 2 in a really long time, and I feel like I should, because I remember liking it. Well, um, and then 3, I don't remember liking so much. And then there four, are two I, versions yeah. of Superman 2 now. We'll get you the right one. You have right. to do the Donner cut. Yeah, but the thing is, I don't remember it even well enough that I, I, I don't know if I didn't know the difference. Because the last time I saw it, I was a kid. Um, People love that movie. 2? You know, yeah. it's yeah. it's not terrible. I There's some really like, questionable even as moments. As a kid, I was like, mm. the Donner cut. It, it. I hated the so, honeymoon suite. I'm like, yeah, that was at weird. The, at the, I didn't like that. The, was it like a heart shaped bed? And I'm just like, what is this? I. But I. I mean, I. I've. I think I've talked about it enough. Just and Darren kind of summed it all up. So I don't really have too much to add, really. <laughs> right. Um, but it, seriously, when I thought of Superman for the longest time, I thought of I thought of Christopher Reeve, and it's I think a lot of people still do, and it's because of that film. Every time I read a Superman comic, it's his voice I yeah. hear in my head. I, I think a lot of people have that mm -hmm. with uh, with many superheroes that yeah. You know, but so mine is a little flat simply because Darren uh, kind of ran the show on that one. So Tim, let's Should see if you can follow it up, right? Last. Yeah, yeah, I know. Great. Uh, no, right uh, my, up the rear. Yeah, right. Uh, my number three is the Fleischer Superman cartoon. Out of order. Out of order. Out of order. Right. Yeah, it should be number two. It. Um, yeah, right. It's like you said. The animation is. It's still yeah. stunning. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's great. I'm pretty sure if. I don't know if you guys have Amazon Prime or not, but I do. They, I believe, they have all the episodes on their streaming video service. They I'm did at least a few months ago, and our team is working on verification. <laughs> yes, okay. fact checking here. And uh, one thing I found out too that I, I was unaware of: this is the f this is where Superman flies for the first time. Mm -hmm. It's in this cartoon. It wasn't in the comics. It was this cartoon. Uh, I thought that was really interesting. It, cool because you know 
Those guys just did it right. My gosh. Not only does Amazon Prime have the complete Superman collection, which is the Fleischer from 41 and on, mm-hmm. they also have the complete animated series. Yep. So yeah, there there are some great Superman watch on there for the you to late watch, Mister Kent. I'm looking it's for it now. Cost you 25 minutes of your life, and you're gonna love it. Yeah, um, my number two is Superman from Justice League, the Justice League cartoons. Uh, not Super Friends, the Justice League, you know, the Bruce Tim uh, ones. They had some great stories in there. They really, like I said, the ones that I mentioned, um, the two that I mentioned earlier. Um, I, my son and I, we just watched these again probably about six months ago, and they're great. And he's not a big Superman fan at all, but he had to give props to those episodes and how deep they were and how emotional they were and what character building there was there. Is that, um, that's the one where Superman's basically in a bare-knuckle brawl with Darkseid, and yeah. Darkseid's beating him down, and Superman kind of smiles, and Darkseid's like, what are you smiling at? And his dad goes, you don't get it. I live in a world of cardboard. You give me a chance to cut loose. And then it starts pounding on Darkseid. Yes. You're like, that's cool. There are some that good Darkseid episodes in there where there's a lot of stakes on the line when they're on Apocalypse. And that there's, I'm, you need to revisit it. It's really good. I did, really I did a couple good. years ago. Really, really good. I remember you talking about it a couple years ago, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, number one, no surprise, is... You know, Superman the movie. That I is, the first time. Yeah. That is it. That was... I... If it weren't... I would have nowhere near the love for Superman if it weren't for this movie. It, anytime I think of Superman, this is what I immediately think of. I mean, it had everything. That score by John Williams. I, I hear it today. It's still... I can get chills every time I hear... That theme, it pumps me up when I hear that theme. Yeah. And they, how appropriate. They open it, They open the movie, isn't it? Like the curtains mm-hmm. uh, open up and someone's opening the cover of Action Comics 1. And it's like you said, how appropriate, you know, in Action Comics 1 that Superman is really the first. Here it is. This is how you do it. This is the first superhero in comics. And pretty much for the movies, too. This is how you do it, right here. This is the, how appropriate that this is This is how you do it, people. And the the sad thing is Marvel's been copying it oh, perfectly. Oh, yeah, yes. they've done a great job. They, 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 yeah, they basically said, here, here you go, this is the format. Mm-hmm. But but Superman himself won't, you know, know, DC themselves won't follow. They already had the perfect blueprint. But, I mean, the casting in this movie, I mean, Christopher Reeve, come on. I mean. Perfect, and you know I love the fact that when you know watching that documentary, he was this skinny string bean, and you know, dude, they were gonna give him like pads in the suit and everything. He's like, uh, uh-uh. uh, you know, dude, got himself, you know, got himself ripped, and it, it was uh, great. I mean, Marlon Brando, who just just to play Jarrell and Gene Hackman, yeah, greatest criminal mind. <laughs> I love him. I mean, come on, like I said, this is still one of the finest superhero... Like I said, I don't like the uh, going around the earth backwards. Aside from that, this movie is near perfect. Mm -hmm. It it has so much... I mean, it's got humor and drama. It's got heart. I mean, I... I, This probably was the movie that... I I love origin stories. Mm -hmm. This could have been the movie that made me love origin stories. I was so I, I normally like a nine year old kid could care less you know oh can we get to Superman please you know but they have him in Smallville and you know punting the ball you know on the football he's he's the ball boy he's you know mm-hmm. and you know punting the ball you know I knows how who knows how far I mean just things like that running past the train and just. Building that relationship with his parents, oh, beautiful. They, and like I said, to me, there is no finer scene than that helicopter scene when he first appears. And like I said, I watched it last night, just that scene. Um, and I still, as soon as he starts crossing the street and he opens the shirt to reveal the S logo and that and that and that theme starts blasting and as soon as he opens that shirt it 
I like I said, I'm getting chills just talking mm-hmm. about it. And that's like I said, forty years ago, and it's no movie still. I mean, it's so rare that a movie can still do that. It's amazing. It, it will always be my Superman uh, forever. Love it. Well, yeah, I mean, this essentially turns into a love affair for Superman the movie, and why wouldn't it? It, yeah. it, it, it got it right the first time. This is why, you know, I feel do feel bad for Henry Cavill, but I, I do feel like this whole Superman thing is lost. Did you, you ever know? see the picture of him in the, I believe, is the Reeve outfit they had, uh, Christopher, when they were auditioning people? No. They, um, there's one, there's one of him sitting in, like, a director's chair, and they had the outfit, and they had people put it on, and they said they said it was pretty much what got him the role. You know, he put it on, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, you you look like him." And it, and you look at that picture, and you're like, "Yeah, yeah, well done." He should have the part, man. It, it just it's makes it that much him. more tragic. Yeah, it really and, does. And the thing is, it's like it's why I don't really care that much because I already have the best Superman movie, and either Richard right. Donnerkut gave me another one. So it's like uh, there's no pressure here for me where uh, I, you know, Wonder Woman, something I needed. Yeah, Superman's, I got it. All right, so uh, this has been a lot of fun. We're not done yet, though. I got, uh, I'm going to be as brief I can about this, a retroactive review, which we always like to take a comic book storyline from the past. And I selected um, Man of Steel by John Byrne. This is from 1986. Okay, so what's significant about this is it comes after 1986 Crisis on Infinite Earths, which the extended DC Universe is, for lack of a better term, simplified through Crisis on Infinite Earths. By that point, DC Comics had existed since Superman's introduction in 1938, but with character introductions and evolutions, both part of and not part of the same universe... The first 48 years of DC Comics left some very large potholes and inconsistencies. Keep in mind, originally, Superman did not have flight capabilities, as we just discussed. And this was still part of the ever-expanding DC narrative. Crisis on Infinite Earths, given the vast amount of carbon copies that have been produced in the decades since, New 52, Rebirth, Marvel Now, All New, All Different, so on and so forth. Legacy. Legacy. (laughs) We're not done yet, either. Watch was easily ahead of its time given that it was classified as DC's first reboot attempt, but the term reboot is not accurate. DC was very careful to protect the overall mythology of the characters, and some, namely the Bat Family, remained relatively untouched. I produced a retroactive review for the Crisis on Infinite Earths way back in the Panel Scanners Episode 1, on which I cover only the first six issues. A more comprehensive review was clearly necessary at one point. Tim, that'll be your next month. Um... That was a joke. Tim <laughs> just left. Um, Man of Steel is a six-issue miniseries that reintroduces Superman's origin following Crisis on Infinite Earths, written and illustrated by John Byrne, with work from Dick Giordano, John Costanza, and Tom Zuko. John Byrne has carved out a legendary, if not controversial, career. He is noted for his works in both Marvel and DC, having runs on the Fantastic Four and X-Men before getting a chance to work for DC with a short Batman run before getting the Superman gig. Along, along with writer David Michelini, Byrne is responsible for co-creating which Marvel character who was heavily featured in the MCU and will again this spring and summer, Phil? In a solo movie? Yes. For heavily Marvel? Featured. Which specific Marvel character is John Byrne uh, credited for why creating I, along with David Michelini. Why can't I think about... He has Marvel already featured stuff. heavily in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and will again. Uh, has been This creep. summer. This summer? The Ant-Man then? Scott Lang. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Scott Lang is his creation along with David Michelini. Didn't realize that. His most recent monthly was Star Trek for IDW in 2015 and his most recently contributed cover art for Marvel's Phoenix Resurrection, The Return of Jean Grey. They should be The Return of Jean Grey yet again. She's been back as a kid. Yeah. Uh, Dick Giordano has been discussing this podcast multiple times. He was known primarily for as an inker, frequently collaborating with Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams during their Batman run. He was promoted to vice president of DC and oversaw 
Crisis on Infinite Earths and all tie-ins, including Man of Steel. He is also responsible for helping Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns and Alan Moore's Watchmen to print when the publisher did not want either to uh, make it to print. Uh, sadly, he passed away in 2010. Um, the six-issue run of Man of Steel is slightly uneven but wonderful Superman storytelling. It goes back to his origin, his very first appearance. He saves a plane from crashing, but he's in uh, jeans and a leather jacket because he hasn't figured it out yet. Um, it, it takes you all the way back to Smallville, his first uh, uh, interaction with Batman um, in Gotham City, in which Batman basically, it, Superman accuses him very much, like, and this is obviously lifted from this six-issue miniseries, Superman accuses him of uh, basically killing a lot, of, or basically dangerous methods, it implies heavily that he's killing people, and Batman basically states, get out of my way, and they, of course, they end up, without realizing that their mothers share the same name, they end up coming to an understanding and form a friendship in this move, in this issue. Um, you know, I don't really want to go too far into this, because I think tonally we've dealt, we've del delved into this very, very heavily. I've got a lot more written here, but I, I just I feel it would be redundant. Um, this is this is classic Superman. The, the the thing to point out though, now that Rebirth has happened and they they have um, re revived the original the DC continuity, it's the Crisis on Infinite Earths continuity, and this Superman origin story is the official origin story for Superman that exists today as they're publishing Superman comics. Um, so that's that's, that's been cool. that's been restored in, in in 1986. And one of the cool things. Um, John Byrne wrote uh, Superman, A Personal View, uh, the afterword in the first issue of Man of Steel. And who knows? Maybe in 30 years or so, someone will sit down at a word processor and write about how Superman began with a miniseries called Man of Steel, which was the introduction to a world of wonder and fascination that lasted a lifetime. And maybe that someone will be you. So it's pretty cool. If you want some classic, wow, is that Zimmer? <laughs> no, Sorry, that, that was a replay. That oh, was that a replay? Yeah. We're watching the Indians game right now. It's two to two. The uh, Angels got a run on a punk ass bunt in the fifth, where Kluber had a perfect game. Um, anyway, this you're not bitter. No, uh, but uh, this is classic Superman storytelling. It's guess what? It's not edgy. Um, guess what? No one's trying to figure out what Superman means because they figured it out already. He he's Superman, and the series is happy to let Superman be Superman. Um, so that's really all I'm going to say about it. This is a lot of fun. I have a question. You guys going to pick up Action Comics 1000 and take a look at it? Um, well, I mean, probably. I, I don't, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'll purchase it, to be honest, just because I don't have any Action Comics, mm -hmm. and it's just kind of random things sitting in my collection that, I, I don't know, I don't really, it, it's not like, it's not like it's, a, oh, this is a collector's item like when we used to get like number yeah. ones or anything like there's going to be a bazillion of them out there and if i end up one day really wanting one it won't be expensive for me to get my hands on um and i'm sure if i really really want to read it it won't be that hard for me to do i heard they're bringing the red trunks back mm, for the that's what I hear. <laughs> yeah that's uh you know let's be honest i mean are they silly yes does it look like superman if he doesn't have mon not really i don't yeah. know it's hard it's hard to qualify that but that's the way it is some final notes on uh, man of steel the six issue miniseries from 1986 Crisis on Infinite Earths is the dividing point between the Silver Age and the Modern Age. Uh, is seen as sort of the official dividing point for all of comics industry between Silver Age and Modern Age. I suspect that we're still in the Modern Age, given that DC that the DC continuity now remains intact briefly after be briefly being rebooted with the New Fifty Two. And from my research for this, it, it's interesting that industry seems to have gauged the ages based on what DC does, even Marvel and IDW, given that DC was the first really superhero industry leader. So they sort of dictate what age we are in. All right, guys. Hey, you know what? Thanks for indulging me for our yeah. Superman special. It's been a long time in coming. It's hard to believe that we were <laughs> six years in and we're just now getting to Superman. But thank you very much. Um, Action Comics 1000, that's really hard to believe yeah i swear i have action comics 500 somewhere that cannot be 40 years ago i don't know what it is anyway thanks again everybody and as phil always says enjoy your comics